live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm John Deloney, joined here by George Camel, and we are taking your calls on just about anything. Money, your retirement, your mental health, your marriage, parenting, whatever you got going on, the nonsense going on in schools, whatever is on your heart and mind, give us a shout. 888-825-5225. It's 888-825-5225. And George and I, George, we were just talking off air. I know this is going to date the show, but listen, it's Friday. You got two days till Mother's Day. Two days. If you're listening to this live, I hope your heart just stopped. Get on the phone. Make it happen. And if you're listening to this while you're mowing the lawn on Saturday, you've got less than 24 hours. Make it happen. Don't phone it in. Don't phone it in. Do something special. It's Mother's Day, for crying out loud. All right, let's go out to Catherine in Santa Fe, New Mexico, one of my favorite places in the world. What's up, Catherine? Hi, John and George. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, one question. Um, my husband and I have been out of work since September last year, and um, we, it's getting a little tight right now. And so we called our creditors to uh, be proactive and ask them to, can we be on a program paying less over a period of time? We've had two that will not work with us. What can we do? I'm so confused. You're telling me for nine months there was zero jobs that would hire you guys? In the single hottest yeah. job market in the history of U.S., of the United States? I just don't buy so. it, Catherine. How? I really want to believe it, you. How? What happened? <laughs> hey, I called for advice not to be g- g- given a value. Well, judgment, the advice is I go to work, and you're telling me you can't work. What, what, what's the, what? I had a car accident two years ago. Okay. Yeah, I had a car accident two years ago. I'm not able to, and that's as far as I'll go there. Okay. And my husband's in the tech industry, um, and there's millions of people that have been laid off in all of those industries. Uh, he's looking for work outside of his industry, but I'm just asking you, what what would be possible? Is there, Are there any um, rules or laws or, or, or considerations for, for a company uh, that you owe money to, credit card, so on, that will not... Um, that will not allow you to make arrangements. No, they, they, I mean, they, they make arrangements when they think they're not going to get paid and they start to grasp what they've got, what, what they'll take what they can get, but they'll uh-huh. also sue you because well, we have every intention to pay uh, of course, paying uh, right along, but of course, you know. but, but they're, they're going to be thinking. So here's the deal. Um, they're going to be thinking the exact same thing that George and I just thought. And mm-hmm. so I know there's going to be extenuating circumstances. There's going to be, hey, what about this? What about this? But their first question is going to be our first question, which is, hey, George and I both have families. If we get laid off in our sector and there's no job, I'm going to start mowing lawns and I'm going to start driving for Uber and I'm going to start driving for Amazon. I know you can't do that because you've got some some uh, some outside of the bell curve challenges. But what I'm saying is, man, they're just going to say, hey, you signed up for to borrow money from us and you said you'd pay us back in these time and Correct. we're waiting for you to pay us back. So I don't know of any legal Correct. requirements for any creditors to work with you outside of like these special mandates like uh, the government made during COVID, um, like they can't mm-hmm. evict you or they can't do X, Y, and Z. I don't know of anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some things I okay. can't do legally, like call you outside of certain hours, harass you, things like that. But they're legally allowed to collect the money and they can sue you for that money. And so you can tell them, I'd be proactive with them and say, listen, we have no income right now. We'd love to pay you something. We can't do that right now. How bad is the debt situation? 
Um, well, we owe about um, 60000 in debt and uh, with various um, companies, including, you know, your car payment and so on. Um, and uh, we're not one to just buy, buy, buy. We only have one car at this point after the accident. We did not replace my car. And did they so, write you a check? Um, they paid off the loan. They did not. It did not cover our down that we paid on the car. Okay. Um, but it did cover. It did cover the loan. Uh, so 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 that was good. And we're renting, and uh, uh, we we started something on the side here, trying to be proactive. But my husband, you know, had a really great job um, in his sector, and I think age is part of it. Uh, he's sixty five, mm-hmm. and uh, plays a role. And there's all these. Um, he interviews really well. He gets right to the top, and we think the bean counter says, "Oh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people out there to choose from." So, um, so we are being pro- pro- proactive, and we have put things in place to create something on our own. Um, I was just wondering if there, you know, if there's something you could say to accreditors, you know, hey, and we keep saying we fully intend to pay. We just would like to pay a little less for, uh, you know like four or five months or something. That's what we're asking. Yeah, if they, if, if you've called and, and made that call and ask them to work because i mean what you're doing is you're appealing to grace will you please help us out and they've said yes they've said no we won't help you out and every one of them is going to say well just don't pay the others you pay us mm-hmm. and then the next one's going to say well i don't care about your car payment and your whatever payment you pay me because i loaned you money and right so right. yeah it's just going to go around it's going to go around and around like that um okay. how short are you do you all have any income coming in whatsoever social security Okay. How much is that a month? So we're, we're a couple thousand dollars short a month. How much is our social security every month? So how are you covering the difference? 4500 4500 Okay. And your expenses are more than that? Um, our house, which is a rental, is 2500 a month. Oof. Is there anywhere That's cheaper you can move? In the area. <laughs> uh, like away, like not in the Santa Fe area. Well, we. Um, Let me rephrase that. You can't afford down. to live in Santa Fe. Yeah, it's so expensive. <laughs> it is eating up too much of the little income you guys have right now, and it's going to be mm-hmm. super hard to pay off debt when you know sixty, seventy percent of your income is going towards housing. Here's my big fear, mm-hmm. Catherine, is that they're going to come take your your one car away. They're going to repo mm-hmm. it. And well, f- we're not late on anything yet. Do you I have mean, other debts outside of the collections? Um. We're we're not in trouble yet. We're just trying to make arrangements, and and we and we know you know because we at this point we we were really hoping with all these interviews that we got so far with each one sure. that we would have a job at any time you know and that was that's been since September, so it's become you know evident we have to do something now. Can you guys? Can he go drive for Uber Eats, DoorDash, deliver for Amazon, do anything? Um, he's applied actually for all those types of places. Um, he's applied as a customer service person at a, at a Best Buy and et cetera, et cetera. But the fact I mean, that for nine months, no one has hired him. I, I just can't believe that in this job hard. market, yeah. even for the side gig mm-hmm. economy. Well, there's so many people that are out of work. We thought it wouldn't be an issue. And so when, when he said, when my husband said, well, I'm, I'm going to go outside of my, my industry, I'm going to have to go outside of my industry. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he's been applying steady for multiple jobs a day. Anything that comes up, and he's not, in, and he's gotten interviews. I mean, he even applied for a manager at Billard. Yeah. You know, anything at all that he could do that would that would just sustain us for this period of time. Well, he's. It sounds like he's noble. He's he's going down swinging. 
I think, as George said, the harder conversation is. Because it may be that Santa Fe, that work is really tight right now, but it's bananas in other markets. It may be time to have a really hard conversation about we can't afford to live here right now and there is no work. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. What is up? This is The Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined by George Campbell. We're taking your calls on life and money, relationships, mental health, whatever you got going on. Listen, if you're planning a move sometime soon, that's fantastic. I'm excited for you, but I got to be honest as well. In most places around the country, you'll still be facing high home prices and interest rates aren't just running back to their record lows but that doesn't make home ownership impossible. If you want to buy or sell, you've got to make sure you're financially ready and you have to have a trusted and experienced real estate agent to walk you through it. Not a family friend who just got their license last month and not Bill's brother's Dan's sister's grandma who he knows at church who just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't get with somebody that real estate is just a part-time hobby that you don't know. You need a pro who's a true expert in their local market and knows how to negotiate a strong deal. You can find high-caliber Ramsey Trusted agents like that through our endorsed local provider program. And since we vet agents from around the country, you'll have the best support whether you're moving from Florida to Alaska or buying your first home somewhere in between. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash agent to find a Ramsey Trusted Real Estate Agent today. That's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. And our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Here in Tennessee, we have mosquitoes the size of George Camel. But Neighborly's trusted service brands like Mosquito Joe help make sure anyone, even in the South, can enjoy their backyard all summer. Go to neighborly.com to find providers near you. I've been told I'm just as annoying as mosquitoes, so that's a good analogy. Now you took that one. I'm just saying you're, you. they're as big as you, but I think you're much, much more lovely. Thank I'd love you. to spend a campfire with you way more than George-sized mosquitoes. I appreciate that. Well, today's question comes from Sandra in New Mexico. She asks, we've sold our home of 20 years at a great profit. We currently have $150,000 in the bank. Should we take out a construction loan to build our home and then put down a great down payment or use our savings, then do a construction loan for the balance? We want to make the smartest decision. We already own the land and have no other debt. Great question. So construction loans are short-term loans that you would use to build the home. They have higher interest rates. And so that's not that's not a fun part. And so if I'm in your shoes, I would take the construction loan now for the shorter term while the house is being built and then convert it to the conventional 15-year fixed with that great down, great down payment. So you take out a construction loan to make sure the GC and the construction company gets paid. And then once 
you have all shaken hands. This is the home, and you move into it. Do you, do you then roll that into, or do you convert? How, what's the conversion process? Do you know? It would just convert to a conventional loan. Okay. Yeah, to, and I would stick with the 15-year fix. So that's the big question here. There's so many details we don't know to give you great advice, but make sure that once all this is said and done, that down payment will get you to the spot where you can do a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage where the payment is no more than a quarter of your take-home pay. That will help you dictate if now is the time to begin this process. And that, I'll tell you this, um, I had some weird, not quite this many different variables, but when I bought my home, this is my first time buying land and all that, when I called Churchill and they walked me through, it was refinancing it. They started the conversation with, we are not going to take your money if it's not great for you, right? And I knew right then I'm good, right? So we sat down and worked through all the details. What about this? How about this? Is this the best way to do it? So calling our buddies over at Churchill, getting down with an EL, sitting down with an ELP, they're going to give you the real data. And the best part is they're not going to take advantage of you, right? They're going to do the best thing for you. So there's, like you said, there's so many nuances here, so many variables that we don't know the answer to. How big of a house are they trying to build? How long, like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, sit down with a, with a Churchill mortgage person or sit down with an ELP and walk through all the Run through the numbers. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. All right, let's run out to North Bay, Ontario, Canada and talk to Jake, Jake, Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're partying, man. What are you up to? Good, good. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet here. First time home buyer, uh, seller wanted 120k. Gave him a final offer of 86.5. He took it. I'm looking to put 40k into my starter home. Wondering if it's a good idea. Whoa, they have homes that cheap in Canada. They do. I live uh, on the north point of Lake Superior in, in a pretty remote area, but uh, they do. You can find them if you work hard enough. Okay, so you landed the deal at eighty six five. Do you have the cash yep. for that, or are you taking out a mortgage? I I actually I'm sitting in the house right now as we're talking. I took out a mortgage for it. Okay, so what's on the mortgage? It's uh, so it's four percent fixed for five years over twenty five years. It's eighty six five. I got a pre uh, pre purchase improvement plan from the lender. So my mortgage is for 105,000. When I put 22K worth of renovations into my home, they'll cut me a check for 22 grand. Whoa, that's complicated. Okay, so you did an you did an adjustable rate mortgage? Um that's a good question. All I know is it's uh the way you explain right that. I'm, you said for a certain number of years, you said 20 over 5? Yeah, so 4.8 for 5 years. Oh, Jake, don't do you that. You got an ARM, man. Don't you got do the that. arm. <sighs> okay. Well. The arm is mortgage for you just got screwed. We got you. Okay, go ahead. It means the interest rate's going to jack up. Okay. So if I'm in your shoes, when you could and when it makes sense financially and you can ROI on it, refinance to a conventional loan. Okay. But aside from that, you're saying you want to put another 40 out of your own money into this house? I do. On top of the extra twenty-two, that is correct. Okay, what's your income? Um, myself and my girlfriend clear one hundred and twenty-five grand a year. Oh boy, is she on this mortgage? No, she's uh, just girlfriend, not a wife. So this is all my responsibility. Is she? Is she? She's not on the deed either. Paying into it though? No, she she refuses to not. She does give me money. Uh, she doesn't have to. I never asked for it. But right now, it's just my house. I know, but just know this. One if, day she's going to go, hey, I've been paying into this I thing. I paid for half of this thing, and if y'all break up, it, uh, that's going to be a mess, man. Here, Well, 
we have been together for almost four years now, and, and the plan is marriage down the line. I know, I know, I know. You just, you, I, I, and I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at your relationship. Just know that George and I only have jobs because people end up in situations that nobody planned for. Okay. So that our world, most of our lives is we were together forever. And then that's our, that's, that's what we deal with all day, every day. Okay. So not throwing shade at you guys. Y'all may be great. Um, I'm nervous about you basically doubling what you have into a house from what you bought it for. Okay. Meaning you would be, you bought it for 86, which means, let's just pretend that's about what you would sell it for. And you want to put another 60 into it. I do. It's the, uh, it is the only house on this block that hasn't sold for under 200, if that means anything to you. What was wrong with it? Um, basically a guy in town bought too many houses thinking he was going to rent them out. Renters went in, barely got any money out of them, wrecked the house a little bit. And uh, I came to him with an offer, and he took it. How sure are you that sixty grand is going to get this thing in tip-top shape and make it a two hundred grand house? I'd say about ninety-five percent. Okay, and you're going to cash flow this extra forty. That is correct. And so this we're talking over a long period of time. What what's your income? I make ninety-five. I clear ninety-five a year. Okay. Do you have any other debt? I have a uh, truck. I owe thirty on that, and that's it. <laughs> Okay, and do you have an emergency fund? I do, about 20 Gs in the bank. Awesome. Okay, so my A1 before you start renovating this house is let's get rid of that truck payment. Okay. Because right now that is an ankle biter that's stealing from your ability to cash flow these renovations. Let me tell you, okay. like, mathematically, I, I, I mean, George and I can't argue with you if you think it's going to sell for this or I think it's worth that or whatever. Um, I think you're probably overestimating how much it would sell for, but that's we don't have to debate that. I'm going to tell you what I would do in your situation. I would take that 40K. I'd pay my car off. I'd have 10K. I would start paying that mortgage off as fast as humanly possible, and I would zero that thing out in 24 to 36 months, and then I would save up that other 60 grand and put whatever you want into the house and use this over the long term, man. Yeah, make it livable for now until you're completely debt-free. Then we can go hog wild and have some fun with the renovations. That's what I would do in my own home. And that's the best advice I can give you right now. We'll be right back. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. This is the Ramsey Show. Let's go out to Dallas, Texas, and talk to Nathan. What's up, brother Nathan? How we doing? Good. How are y'all? Outstanding, man. What's up? Uh, yeah, I just had a question. My company is offering to match three percent of my salary and put it into a simple IRA, and I didn't know if I should do all fifteen percent into there or twelve into a Roth and do the three percent for the simple. Okay. So the simple is a traditional. It's not Roth. Yes. Okay. So in that case, I would take the 3% match and then move to the Roth IRA and then fully fund that. And if you still don't hit 15%, you can go back to the simple IRA. Okay. Okay. So the I'll give you the All investing right. strategy that's easy to remember. Match beats Roth beats traditional. So match always comes first because it's a 100% return. Then Roth because we want to see that money grow tax-free because we already paid taxes on it then traditional would be the third option once you run out of Roth options. Okay, so just go ahead and put all 15% of my salary into the simple. Well, you said the simple's not Roth. Yes. Correct? Yes. It's not. 
It's not Roth. Okay. No. So just do up to the match and then open a Roth IRA if you're eligible for that. And okay, awesome. Max That's that out. Exactly yes. what I was asking. Okay. Yeah. All right. Way to cool. go, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. You got it, man. Let's go out to Washington, D.C. and talk to John. What's up, John? How we doing, man? How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Excellent. What's so, up? Um, I had a question. So I'm 19. Um, what would you do if you had 100K and you wanted to invest that and turn that into a million? By when? 25. You want to make $900,000 in six years on an investment? Well, I, I, I'm is it just, a, just a question. I'm not angry. I'm just w- truly wondering. So what what's the actual goal there of like, I want to have a million bucks by 26? So um, right now, I, uh, I work for a company where I sell roofs through insurance companies and it, I make a pretty decent, pretty decently. Uh, I was wondering how can I like uh, start at my own type of situation or that I can invest in other things and gain passive income from those with assets. Oh, okay. You've been on the TikTok, haven't you? Not really. I try to avoid social media. Ah, good for you, man. Good for you. So, well, I heard the word passive income and assets, and I went, oh, okay. Here we go. This guy's been listening to somebody. So this idea of passive income is actually a myth. It's so much harder than it looks, and almost nobody can actually achieve it. And so if I'm, do you actually have $100,000? I have about 30K right now. Okay. And is that all the money to your name? Uh, liquid, yeah. Do you have any debt? No. You are crushing it, my man. 19 years old with 30 grand, no debt. This is a great starting point. So I'm going to call, what, how much of that would you call a six-month emergency fund? All of it. All of it's in the last six months. <laughs> but I mean the 30K, You would you say 20K is a fully funded emergency fund for you? Uh, what do you mean fully funded emergency fund? Three to six months of expenses. If you added what, what one month of expenses are times six. Yeah. Um, that would probably be like two, three K. I don't really spend much. Okay. So let's call it 20 K is your fully funded emergency fund. You've got 10 K to play around with. And then do you have any, uh, investing options through your employer currently? Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay. So you're on your own for investing. Yeah. So the start, the first place I would go is open a Roth IRA and I would fully fund that. That's going to be about 6,500 bucks. Okay. So you could do that. And the end goal is start investing 15% of your income because we still have other things we've got to do with our life. We've got to go on vacation. we got to upgrade the car. You want to be a homeowner yeah. one day? Yeah, of course. No, I'm looking at that next year. So two. then we got to save up a down payment. So we can't do everything all at once. And so I love okay. 15% as a starting point because it allows us to focus on other goals, like saving okay. up that down payment. So I love the goal of like, I want to be a millionaire one day. But the idea that I'm going to turn 100000 into a million six years from now, that tells yeah. me you're more likely to lose it than you are to gain anything. Yeah. Because most of the strategies involved to turn money that quickly involve a lot of risk that I'm not comfortable with. Or drugs. Yeah, you could go to <laughs> Vegas today and just put it on black and hope for the best. Right. Hey, true, um, true. so we did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America. And the result of that is Dave Ramsey's best-selling book, Baby Steps Millionaires. Hang on the line here. I'm going to send you a free copy of the book, and I want you to work through it. And also, 
I'm going to send you his best-selling book that sold millions and millions of copies called The Total Money Makeover. And I want you to read them back to back. And here's the thing. What you're going to find in these books is they're very, very simple. And they are also not gimmicky. And you're going to go, are you kidding me? It sounds like I'm talking to like my great-grandma. And you are. Because nothing in this book is, is not common sense. And what George and I have a ringside seat um, every day of our life is people who try to outsmart math and they try to outsmart common sense and they end up broke and broke and broke. Or they got four rental properties that they have on adjustable rate mortgages and they're like, I'm cash flowing, baby. And they are one frog's hair from losing everything. Okay. So here's our goal. Yeah. I want you to be a multi multi millionaire because I want you to have a great business and be a great leader and be obnoxiously generous in your local community. That's who that's the guy that I want to see before me. I need a good roofer yeah. in my community like you. But I want you to get there smart and I want you to get there slow and I want you to build wisdom and strength along the way. So hang on the line here and we'll get you squared up, brother. We'll we'll get you taken care of. Um, let's go out to Joanna in Atlanta. What's up, Joanna? How we doing? Hi, how are you guys doing, John and George? Awesome. Hey, we are up against the clock, so hop right into your question. Okay, so I am relocating for a job, and I decided to sell my house. But talking to people, they are urging me that I should rent. My question is, am I crazy for wanting to sell my house to get my debt paid off? Where are you moving? Faster. I'm moving to Dallas, Texas. And what are they telling you to do? These people. Oh, like people. People around me, they're saying that I should rent out my house. So they want you to have two mortgages? Well, I'll be renting when I go to Texas. Ah, uh, okay. How so, much debt do you have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all together with, with my house? Just consumer okay. debt outside of the mortgage. Um, about $88,000 between student loan and my car. Okay, and selling this house will allow you to be completely debt-free with money left over? Yes. What profit do you think you'd get from selling the house? So it's in the process now with like taxes and fees out of the way. It'll be close to about 95000 90 to 95000 Awesome. And how much money do you have in the bank? About 3000 Okay. So this would clear your debt and give you a few thousand bucks left over. Yes. That's amazing. I would do this tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why these people get a vote in your life. And the reason they're telling you it's crazy is because they're looking at all these TikToks and Instagrams going, oh my gosh, passive income from rentals is awesome. You know what they're not thinking about? Joanna trying to be a long-distance landlord from Dallas to Atlanta and now the HVAC broke, and she doesn't have the money to cover it. And now she's freaking right. out about how she's going to deal with this. To call and you got to call guy. some sketchy somebody and be like, hey, you take care of it. And they're like, yeah. And they just sent somebody over there who duct taped it. The question you need to ask yourself is, you're in Atlanta right now. Would you buy a yeah. rando rental property in South Carolina? Yeah. No. And so if you if you put yourself in Dallas and think, would I just buy a random house in Atlanta and try to manage it long distance. You would never do that. Listen, in a few months, you're going to be in Dallas, Texas, and you're not going to owe anyone anything.
You're going to build up that emergency fund, save up for the down payment. You're going to move slow and do it with a whole lot of peace and a whole lot of wisdom. And you're going to ignore all those other voices. You're free, Joanna. You're free. Congratulations. Congratulations. This is The Ramsey Show. What's going on? This is The Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I know you're driving there and you have a question about your marriage, you have a question about your mental health, you got a question about your money, getting out of debt. Make the call, 888-825-5225. Let's go out to Eliza in Raleigh, North Carolina. What's up, Eliza? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Of course, thanks for calling. What's happening? So, um, I got married in January. Gross. Um, do you like him? <laughs> I do like him. All right. We're in. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my husband and I are going through Financial Peace University right now. Um, and um, we're about halfway through. Um, he's not sold on the $1,000 emergency fund. He thinks... We need a $3,000 emergency fund. And like, I don't see that big of a difference between the two. Um, And so I'm like, is this something that I should fight him on is my question. (laughs) How much money do you guys have right now? Well, we have lots of money from our wedding. So we just um, put a bunch of it towards our, um, well, my student loans. Um, But in the bank, we we had the $3,000 emergency fund plus like, I don't know, like maybe $2,000 for expenses right now. Okay, so you have about 5000 bucks to your name. How much debt do you have? Um, well, we, we did just pay off a bunch, so now it's um, about 190000 Most of it is student loans. What's the other types? Um, and then it's his truck loan, which he's um, working on selling his truck right now. Cool, so that'll clear some debt. Eliza, right you married well. Good job. <laughs> What's the household income? Thank you. Um, we are right now about 120000 Okay, so let's play this out. You have a $3,000 emergency fund because he wants it. The HVAC goes out. It's six grand. What happens now? Uh, it's it's not know. enough, right? Right. And so... The point of the $1,000 emergency fund was never to cover the emergencies because 1500 is not enough, 3000 is not enough. We know that. The point of it is to light a fire under you to get out of debt faster because you are not safe with 190000 worth of debt. Whether you have 1000 bucks in the bank or 3000 or 10000 there is no safety until we get to debt freedom. When somebody says, hey, it freaks me out to only have $1,000, we say, good. Or I won't be able to sleep if all I have is $1,000 in the bank. Good. Because you are running for your life. Because one sideways thing and you're going to lose everything. That's that's the point. It's The point is, you know, it's, that's what gazelle intensity is. There's a lion chasing you trying to kill you. That's debt. That, so the sentiment, we totally get it. And Eliza, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with your husband. I, I mean that the thought of only having a thousand dollars that's that feels insane to me. I totally get it. Totally get it. He's not crazy. It's just like George said, it's yeah. to light a fire. 
it'll make you do things like sell a truck, even though you love that truck so much, right? He does love that truck. So I what caused so bad, him to go but, sell the truck? Um, well, we talked about it a few times, and then eventually it was his idea. So that's uh-huh. what you have to work it, I guess. <laughs> so that's you what we need to get to. like a great wife. Let's get the $1,000 emergency <laughs> fund to be his idea. And then he'll be I, like, oh my gosh, I talked Eliza, to him a few times, and suddenly it was his idea. <laughs> well done, Eliza. That's outstanding. Yeah, I, you guys said you're going through Financial Peace University? Yeah, we're about halfway through right now. Nice. And it's not quite cl- clicking with him yet. He's hung up on the 1000 bucks. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't like really brought it up m- more than a couple times. I kind of have let it go. But I think that's a, a good point that you made, that it's is it supposed to be scary. It is. <laughs> how, how soon, have, have you all mapped out, like if you really just get BA in a NAS about this, how, how, how long is it going to take you to pay it off? Yeah, I think um, what we're calculated at like three or four years right now, but I um, am hopefully very soon getting a big increase. Um, I'm leaving a residency and starting a, a real job um, as a veterinarian. So awesome. I was going to say, what, what, yeah, you, you ran up some bills, so this is going to be the real deal, Holyfield. You're going to make some good money, huh? Right. Yes. Excellent. So think about this. This is what we say. If you have an emergency that's over $1,000, here's what you do. You pause the baby steps, you continue making minimum payments, and you cash flow the expense. Making $120,000, could you cash flow a $2,000 emergency emergency in a given month? Absolutely. Yeah. And that lets me sleep at night. I go, oh, okay. I guess we're fine after all. Now, if there was a $40,000 emergency, we wouldn't be able to cover that anyways. So make sure you have good insurance in place across the board, homeowners, auto, health, all those things to avoid uh, the big ones. But for the ankle biters, realistically, when people follow our plan, they go, oh, yeah, it was those little $200 emergencies that were getting us. So, Eliza, are you going to open up a shingle or are you going to go work for with, with, with a group? Um, so I'll be working for, for like a company. I'm, I'm a poultry veterinarian, actually. Oh, I literally so I had an issue with. I had John's a, been looking for one. Yes, I had an issue with one of my chickens. I didn't know you y'all exist. Poultry vets? Yes, that's incredible. Yeah, so, yeah, so I want to be um, a commercial poultry vet. So basically, I'd be the one making sure that the the chicken or the turkey that you're eating is um, has a good life and then is safe for you to eat. God bless a lot. You just restored my faith in humanity, and it was growing very thin. Way to go, Liza. So, <laughs> hey, here's the thing, though. Can I, can I, do you make me a promise? Yes. You're going to get this salary, and it's going to double, if not more. And your colleagues who have similar jobs are going to be driving way nicer cars than you. And they are going to say, what are you doing? If you can hold the line and continue to run through the baby steps, continue to get out of debt, when you get this increase, the return on those few years that you were just had to hang your head and your colleagues were like, what are you doing? And your clients were like, that that, that looks like an 04 Camry. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about, right? If you can hold the line there, you are setting you and your husband up for a completely transformed family tree. But I want you to know it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. You're gonna be driving and it's gonna be hot, and you're gonna be going to some turkey farm, and you're gonna be in a bad mood, and your car's gonna your air conditioner's gonna break, and you're just gonna be like, I make too much money to be. 
hang in there. Do you promise? I promise. Oh, we awesome. did it. That's a win, John. That's a huge, huge win. So this is interesting. You guys did this awesome labor crisis event, and one of the speakers on there was Michael Easter yes. of the comfort crisis. And I just keep thinking, with a $1,000 emergency fund, everyone wants to be comfortable. Like, I'd just be more comfortable if I had $3,000. Yet I'm okay having $100,000 in debt with $1,500 in payments coming out of my ears. But, ah, John, the emergency, just, we're so scared of being uncomfortable when it comes to doing the hard things and the right things. It, uncomfortable doing the the right thing, right? And I think it all started from a good place. We all learned, we got more technology and we were able to be a little more comfortable and a little more comfortable. And I love leather seats and cars and I really love air conditioning. But all of a sudden, when we begin to solve for comfort, anything uncomfortable became bad and mm-hmm. something we had to fix not something that was good that we had to head into, right? Because it makes us stronger on the back end. It solves generational issues if we do a couple of years of discomfort, right? Michael Easter's book, The Comfort Crisis, it's a masterpiece. Everybody should have it in their library. I read it and I I gave it to my 12-year-old son the next day and I was like, this is your next book. He's like, oh, come on, dad. I'm wow. Nope, you will read this book. Actually, he was 11. I need to read it. It's been on, it's been on the list. Because here's the thing. I've got the copy of my, you can borrow mine. My wife and I did a getaway. We had heated tile floors in the bathroom of this getaway, John. And I went back home and stepped on my cold tile floor and I was like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person. I'm going to give you that I'm book the before the day is over, George, before the day is over. Hey, that's another hour in the books. I want to thank the gang in the booth and George and his heated tile floors. Listen, America, build a non-anxious life. Pay off your debts, get connected, give recklessly, and seek peace. We'll be back soon. Do you love a good day, Brandt? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.